Hello. Hello. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. Hello. And we're recording this while we have a two-day break in our tour. I'm at my in-laws. You're at your mom's. Does this not scream mom's house more than anything in the world? (laughs) It does, but it also screams like a vintage shopper, you know? Like I feel like... Which is not my mother. I have friends that would totally pick that up at an antique store. (laughs) I cannot get a read on your mom's style. I would never, ever be able to pick out anything for your mom. Yes. I don't know that she has a style. So maybe any gift will do then. Maybe she's the easiest person to shop for. I think that would be uh, accurate. I, I also thought this was a perfect mug to use for this episode because it kind of has like creepy little doll girl uh, mm. going on and we're doing Peggy the doll part two. Part two. But before that, can I tell you a ghost story that I've already told you? Sure. I have one for you too that you've already heard. Great. <laughs> we're both double dipping. Probably already said it on the podcast too. I feel like at this point it's all a whirlwind. Okay. So I met this guy and he told me a ghost story. And here's what happened. I'm going to try to not give too much detail where he could be identified. But essentially what happened was he met this woman who was a widow and she had a couple kids. He moved in to the house where she and her late husband had lived. And this man had died in the house. He was really Mm -hmm. sick. And he, um, I think, had fallen down the stairs. So it was horrible, horrible tragedy. Right. You had said that he had, he was really sick didn't die of his illness, died from falling down the stairs. Yes. Which, you know, like with the illness, maybe he lost his balance. Maybe there was some trickiness, but he was very sick. He fell down the stairs, unfortunately, in the home and he passed. Well, as soon as this guy that I met moved into the house, immediately there was some paranormal activity. Things would happen. The kids were picking up on stuff. There was a lot going on. But all to say that this guy started noticing beyond the paranormal activity that animals and people around this woman he was dating were dying. There was a lot of death. Death followed her. It's so scary. And he only realized how scary this was when he was approached, when he was just like out in the world at a store, a psychic came up to him and said, you need to leave the place that you're in. It's really dark. It's very dangerous for you. I see a man standing at the top of the stairs, and he's telling me he didn't fall. He was pushed. So he's no longer with that person. But holy shit. I'm concerned about these children. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. I I mean, I think they're probably much older now at this point. So it was a story from his past. It was an older story. Well, that's scary. But yeah, I mean, you always say, Sabrina, that you want a psychic to come up to you in like the grocery store or something. But what if they delivered a message like this? Well, then I would be grateful because then I would get out of the situation that I was in. Yeah. Would you trust it, though? Or would you be like, oh, gosh, I don't know. But I guess for him, he had a lot of other clues. Like there were a lot of other things that were kind of. Yeah, it wasn't out of left field. Okay, well, that's terrifying. I have a less scary ghost story, which is usually the opposite for us. (laughs) But don't worry, this whole episode is going to be scary. So I'll start with this very heartwarming ghost story. So you and I recently talked to Lindsay, who has the Chilling Podcast. 
And we were telling some ghost stories and just talking with Lindsay when after I told a story about my grandfather, Lindsay pauses and is like, I didn't want to interrupt you throughout the story because I didn't think the person coming through was related to your story specifically. But when you were telling your ghost story about your grandfather, a man came through to me because Lindsay has some openness and abilities and is able to contact and communicate with the other side. A medium. Mm-hmm. And she goes, a man named Howard came through and he wants you to know he lives in your area, in your home. And he goes by Howie and he's very nice. He just wants to say hi. And I was like, okay. Also, there are cats running wild around here, just so you know. <laughs> Everyone listening, the cats are making background noise. It's not a demon. So I didn't think too much of it. I was like, okay, I've never felt anything like negative or bad. Like I felt very peaceful at my place. It's a courtyard. It has mm-hmm. five different houses. And then I was talking to my neighbors and I was just explaining this conversation with Lindsay. And we were talking about how one of the houses in the front, everyone feels like bad vibes at and feels like there's a ghost in there. We joked about playing a Ouija board in there and convincing Corinne to go do a Ouija board in there. But it ain't happening. Stay tuned. We'll see. So then I bring up this story and I see my neighbor Alec, his face turn like pale. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And he goes, no, no, no. Like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. I mean, this is what Lindsay told us. And he goes, my grandfather's name is Howard. And he went by Howie. And he always told me that one day we would be roommates in Los Angeles. That is just so wild because at the time you were like, who the heck is Howie? Like who this? It's always one of those things where when you get messages, you're kind of like, is this someone just passing through or is this someone actually related to me? And the fact that it did completely connect and make total sense. And also how special that his grandfather was like, no, we're going to be roommates one day in LA. And they are now. Yeah. You can call me Howie. Wow. We have to tell Lindsay that. Have you let her know yet? I haven't. I should email her. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) To be like, hey, by the way, whatever you're picking up on, totally 100% true. On the nose. You got it right. On the nose. Wow. Wow. So wild. We are right now between, okay, we just finished the Philadelphia show and we're about to head to Richmond tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. And Mm -hmm. we had so many ghost things happen at the Philadelphia show. I know there were quite a bit. And also there were a lot of haunted people that were in the very front row of Philadelphia. Uh, We had Mary, who was totally sitting next to all of the ghost equipment. And it was triggering. It was going off. The more stuff you put wire to, it was like, (laughs) we just started putting everything right next to her. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, sorry. She also sees dead people. So if you're haunted, come to our shows. And for the hundredth time this tour... We had some people that came through the meet and greet. It was this group of family and friends that came up. They had been to Gettysburg and captured a ton of paranormal activity. And then they were going back to Gettysburg and staying in these cabins. And we were like, oh, where's the email in our inbox? Because this is so incredible. And there's actual spirits, like multiple ghosts that you can see in these photos that they took. In photos. Truly like a lineup of like 12 spirits from Gettysburg. Oh, my God, we can't wait to read this. And they're like, oh, we haven't emailed. Oh, what? 
How many of you are sitting on your ghost pictures? Get up off your ghost stories and email them. Email. Stop sitting on them. Please. And if it takes you 20 sittings to just write like one sentence at a time, we beg of you. We know people are busy, but we just need a little. Also, now there's like you can do the voice to text thing so you can just speak it and have your computer turn it into sentences. I don't know how to do that. You're way more techie than me. Can I also just give you a shout out for a second, Sabrina? Because there was a lot, a lot of technical difficulties when we were in Connecticut and you figured out the soundboard. Like the venue could not get your computer and all of our videos and everything to connect to the screen and then they just let you be for like 10 minutes with their full equipment and panel and then boom you had it up so you're very techy if uh podcasting doesn't work out for me <laughs> i will be running soundboards and yeah audio technician venues <laughs> <laughs> well everyone this is peggy the doll part two So I'm going to pick up where we left off and don't worry, I will give another disclaimer before we get into the nitty gritty of the story and I will set our intentions once more. But to remind everyone where we left off last week, Peggy the doll had found her way into Jane and Simon Harris's home. Within days, Jane fell ill. Hazel, their psychic medium, knew this was no ordinary doll and after posting one singular image of Peggy on the internet, Dozens of people experienced intense paranormal side effects. And one person, oh, hi, little kitty. This is Kalan. It means hugs. Kalan? Kalan. What language is that? Italian. Kalan. So my mom's cats are Kalan and Bizu, hugs and kisses. Oh, God. How sweet. People were experiencing intense paranormal side effects, and one person, Katrine, even had a heart attack. Jane, Hazel, and Simon determined there was not just one spirit attached to the doll, but two. And I ended part one with a very intense cliffhanger where Hazel had an unsettling nightmare in which Peggy the doll told her, just wait and see what I can do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to resume Peggy the doll part two with setting some intentions. Okay, good. Because in the first part... You did tell us, you were like, oh, I think Peggy's misunderstood. She's responsible or blamed for all of these conditions, seizures, heart attacks, all these horrible things. No one's died, but horrific things happen to people. They're afflicted with these terrible nightmares and all of these experiences. You're like, but I think she's misunderstood. But then you left us on the cliffhanger of like, (laughs) you'll see what I can do. And so I still have some nervousness, some extreme nervousness around Peggy and her story. So intentions would be great. I will say, I do think this episode is a little bit darker than the last episode. And (laughs) we're getting into, like I said, there are two spirits potentially connected to Peggy the doll. And I think we are going to speak more about the scary one. Oh. Okay. Like I said in part one, I myself did not experience anything while looking at or talking about or reading or researching about Peggy the doll. But many others have. And so I want to be clear in setting intentions for us and for all of you who are listening. 
We build around us a space of positivity and light that nothing negative nor evil or dark or with ill intent can come and burst through this positivity bubble. Perfect. You are not allowed into our lives, into the lives of our listeners, nor the lives of our friends, our loved ones, or anyone who does not want you around. Positivity only. And that is a hard boundary for us. Hard boundary. And also protection extends to our pets because they are an extension of us and our families. All of that said, if you do want to see images of Peggy and images that we are talking about, please go to our YouTube channel. We will have them included in the video as we talk about Peggy. Okay, so this is where we'll start. We're going to put an image of Peggy up on the screen just to remind everyone of what she looks like. I also want to give a disclaimer. If you do start to see a bunch of flies or if your animals start to act weird while listening to this episode, perhaps take a break, clear your space, and come back. Yeah, and also, last episode, you mentioned that there were flies around you. And when I was looking at that video, I did find a clip where a big-ass juicy fly went right across the screen. So I'll pull that clip and we'll put it right here. Maybe slow-mo well, for people to see. Yeah, we can put it here and then we'll also put it in a little bit later because I have it programmed into the episode too. Last episode, we ended with Jane and Simon taking Peggy the doll to the Derby jail where a lot of people started to have experiences with her. She was in a haunted location. And as we've talked about before, bringing a haunted object into a haunted location ends up stirring up some activity. It was also when they realized that there was maybe potentially a second spirit attached to the doll, which made a lot of sense because when Jane had gone with Peggy to the psychic medium in part one, the medium, remember, was like, oh, the man and the woman who were in the car with you, they could come in too. And Jane was like, I came alone. So already there was some belief that there were two spirits, a woman and mm -hmm. a male attached to Peggy the doll. Yes. So here... Peggy is now catching the attention of not just the public, but one very notorious paranormal investigator with big muscles, tiny tank tops, and a big, nasty appetite Whoa. for ghosts. I was like, Wait, what are you about to say? I don't know. I didn't know. And something came out. <laughs> nasty came out. <laughs> I was like, yikes, this is about to be real. This is about to be past rated R. <laughs> okay, so our man, Zach Bagans. Our man, Zach Bagans. So if you didn't know this, Zach Bagans is actually terrified of dolls. And this is something he's talked about a lot in Ghost Adventures and all of this stuff. But he also really likes to face his fears. Okay. He likes to confront demons and all that jazz because, you know, that's uh, paranormal. The paranormal space. That's Zach Bagans. Come at me, bro. Yeah, that's who he is. He's got to have the muscles so that he can hold up the axe above himself and tell the demons to drop it on him. That's his style. You know what we should make shirts of? It's like muscles won't protect you against ghosts. <laughs> muscles won't save you now. Okay, so naturally when Zach heard of Peggy, he was like, I want to meet her. So in April of 2015, Zach's producers and team, and he was also starting to develop a new paranormal show, which we mm -hmm. now know as Deadly Possessions, but at the time it was not released yet. He was kind of doing outreach to figure out what to include on the show. So in 
April. Bizu, come here. Will you come here? Oh, that was a cat. Bizu, I'm literally right here. You don't need to go to my mom. Sounds like a chipmunk in distress. (laughs) Okay, so in April of 2015, Zach's producers reached out to Jane, and within a couple of days, everything was planned. Jane, Simon, and Peggy were set to fly to Las Vegas to meet Zach for the filming of his newest upcoming show, Deadly Possessions. It was scheduled for December 7th of 2015. Jane and Simon were like, you know what? It's probably not best to fly with Peggy from England all the way to Vegas. I'm not going to take my chances. Like all of America's haunted now as they make their way across. Well, also just like being in a in a plane one. Okay. One thing I wanted to clarify, because I think I had the understanding that Peggy was a small doll, but she's actually like three foot tall. So Oh, she's a big girl. Yeah. She's kind of like shocking in her size. And she's porcelain? I think she looks porcelain. She does. She's got some shine to her. Interesting. Right. You know what? We'll just have to find out when we go to Vegas. Yes, we will. So they were like Let's just not take our chances. One, we probably would either have to like book her her own seat, which would be odd, or we'd have to put her under in the like where all the bags go. And I don't know that she would like that. And I don't want to risk everyone else on this plane or us. So. Right. And imagine walking onto a plane and seeing a giant like porcelain doll just sitting in its own seat, like strapped in. That... I think I would think that I died and I was experiencing another type of world. I was somewhere in the in-between. Very Twilight Zone. Actually, I saw Mm -hmm. a Twilight Zone episode. I was watching it on the plane to Boston the other day. And it was an episode all about a doll who basically like attacked the stepfather of this family. It was creepy, but also the stepfather kind of deserved it. Okay, so they had a predicament with how to get Peggy there. So what did they do? So they shipped her. They shipped her ahead of them. And basically, Peggy met them at the hotel. Hmm. It's interesting. Because I feel like putting her underneath in like a shipping box on a plane is probably no different. Yeah, maybe it was just perhaps like, let's not put hundreds and hundreds of people who are on this plane at risk. Let's just put a few (laughs) like flight drivers and pilots and uh, FedEx drivers at risk. You know, hey, you push one person in front of the train or do you push 10? That's Peggy's <laughs> situation. I like how you just said push. I think the, the question is, do you save one or 10? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to murder someone. <laughs> how many? Oh, what philosophy class did you go to? <laughs> Clearly not a great one. <laughs> is it philosophy and the teacher or is it my memory? Um, I think it's... it's- me. <laughs> It's you. (laughs) It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. So now everyone makes it to Vegas safely, and it is time for Zach to meet Peggy. And Jane arrives to Zach's museum in Las Vegas. The producer requests to put a bag over Peggy's head. (laughs) Yes. I feel like that would anger her more, right? Like that seems like it would be triggering. What was the purpose? Why? So... The producer said it was because Zach doesn't want to look at her until he's ready. Oh, and it's all about Zach here. Right. And I guess they had prepared like a almost like a coffin box like thing for Peggy, but it was way too small when and they were like shocked by her size when she got there. And so the alternative was the bag. 
And Jane was nervous, kind of like how you were. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I don't really think it's for Zach's safety. I kind of feel like it's for the dramatic production element of like the unveiling of Peggy's face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either way, they agreed and the bag was put on top of Peggy's head. I guess Zach was nervous. He's a big lover of dogs and was nervous that seeing her would impact him and his pets. But he still took the risk, addicted to the adrenaline of haunted dolls. He takes the risk every time. (laughs) Filming began and Zach and Jane sat with Peggy, her head still covered. And Zach kind of just questioned Peggy and it was kind of interview based. You can see the episode now it's out. But they just talked generally about Peggy and everything that had been happening with her. The bag is still over Peggy's head. And all of a sudden, as they're talking, a swarm of flies invades Zach, just like all over Zach. They're inside. And you can see it on camera? And you can see it. Yeah. Whoa. Like they're coming out of nowhere, only attacking Zach. He's like trying to swat them away. They're all very confused. And they truly had to pause filming because it was like, this is, we can't film with all these flies everywhere. I can't believe that it was just a pause in filming and not just Zach fully giving up, especially given how fearful he was. And he's the one being targeted because he's the one that said that the bag needed to go over her head. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's going to be a pattern that comes forward and it's, we'll discuss it more when the second time happens, but it's like anyone who's asking so many questions about Peggy seems to have this occur to them. Okay. Well, I'm not going to ask another question this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't have to because I'll tell you everything. Okay. Okay. So they decide to pause filming because Zach and Aaron Goodwin, who's there, they're like, we very much believe that this is a sign of demonic possession. We don't want to encourage it and continue talking about it. Let's pause. Mm-hmm. Kind of how I said, if if anything starts to happen to you, pause, set your intentions before you come back and try to listen again. So they pause. And then quickly thereafter, once the flies are gone, they're like, okay, we're ready. Let's resume. And when they resume, Zach goes, okay, I think now I'm ready to take the bag off of Peggy's head. The second he says this, the camera that's on Peggy turns off. And the people My heart, like I feel like I it know. just stopped completely. So the whole camera crew's like, wait, 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 wait. And everyone's like, what's going on? And yeah, so the second he said, let's take the bag off of her head, the camera that's on Peggy turns off. <gasps> it's reminding me so much of the Crone of Catskills when they try to do the scan of the crone. Yeah. Yeah. So They get the camera set up again and they resume filming and they have this big dramatic moment where they take the bag off of Peggy's head. They catch it on film and everything seemed okay. Zach looked at the doll, seemed okay. And they paused. And that was like kind of the first segment of the show that they were going to do. It was like Peggy, Jane, and the reveal of Peggy's head. And then as Jane is like leaving the room, guess who they're bringing in? for the second portion of this episode. Is it Annabelle? No, it is someone who had never seen the doll in person, but saw it on an image online and had a heart attack. I thought you meant another object was being brought in, like another doll versus doll, (laughs) like chicken fight for dolls. Oh my gosh, no, they brought, why would she go? Why would she go? So they decided to bring in Katrine Reddick. And I just wanted to give a disclaimer. So 
In part one, Katrine had seen an image and then experienced a heart attack after seeing the image. And it was mm-hmm. like coinciding with the exact time that they were doing a seance with Peggy and Peggy said something about like something's about to happen. So, Which we thought that was a really horrible thing. But then you told us that maybe it wasn't. Right. Because then they did a, a seance later with Peggy and she said that her heart was weak and she was trying to help her. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It is questionable. If I were Katrina, I probably wouldn't want to go visit this doll in person. Right. And it's also like, what is Peggy's definition of help? Right. Because it's like, did she view Katrina as an animal suffering that she wanted to put out of its misery? You know, was that, oh, weak heart, let me help them. That's so terrifying. And not be in pain. But that's that's a question we have to ask. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was more going with like, she didn't know her heart was weak until she had a heart attack and then she was able to know and get herself help. Like a little warning shot. And that is kind of what happened. So I'm going to go okay. with that. Anyway, Katrine is there and she is going to, for the first time, see Peggy in person. And as Jane is like leaving the room, Katrina's walking in. She just sees like Katrine's eyes like so wide and so scared. And she's realizing that Peggy is in the next room. And it's just this like, really terrifying, unsettling moment. So did she not know that Peggy was going to be present? She must have been told, but I think being told that and then the actual moment of actually seeing Peggy is a different thing. Okay. During the show, Zach and Aaron and the team of producers of Deadly Possessions were like, let's bring in a psychic and kind of conduct a seance with everyone. So they have... Katrine, Zach, Jane, Aaron, a psychic named Patty, and Peggy sitting around a table. Candles are lit. Filming is going. And you can sense that Katrine is like so uneasy. So Zach tells her, you can leave at any time. You can let us know to stop whenever you feel uncomfortable. And they have the seance. And during the seance, this is actually so interesting because it reminded me so much of last year when we recorded all of our scary possession-related episodes, your candles were reacting really weird. Yes. Flames were literally just floating up in the air, separated from the candle. During this episode of Deadly Possessions and filming with Peggy, something very similar happened. The wax on the candles was dripping unlike any other candle. So it was like one area specifically, these candles were dripping so weird. It was burning in an abnormal manner. And then the typewriter that was in the room sounded as if someone was clicking on it, trying to type, but no one was sitting there. Oh, oh they should have put a piece of paper in. What if something actually was about uh, to come out? I do think there was paper in it. I mean, we'll have to watch to see. Okay. But- so it was just phantom typing. Nothing was actually being no written depression yeah. into the keys. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Jane's chair began to rock almost as if like something was like pushing it and she felt almost as if like an animal was crawling underneath the chair zach felt that same thing patty the psychic described feeling a very strong energy one female energy and one male energy Hmm. as she spoke about this male energy her voice dropped several octaves and went croaky and she felt as if something was trying to choke her to prevent her from speaking about the male energy. 
Okay, Sabrina, I know that we're having some tech issues, but when you said choked her and croaky, like as you said croaky, it went uh, on your audio. <laughs> what the fuck? Normally, you're the one reacting to things that happen in like my video or my tech issue, but you said croaky and it was like, uh, oh, that was weird. Just for a second. Only when you said that word. Croaky. Did you do it again? Good now. Nope. Okay, so that happened, and then after the seance, Zach basically asks everyone to leave, but he asks Katrine to stay. And Katrine stays and spends alone time with, well, I guess one-on-one with Zach and Peggy, and apparently she hugs Peggy, hugs her. (laughs) Wait, I feel like that's actually, that's a decent move. I feel like it's like, I respect you, I love you, I'm giving you my good energy. You can't give me the bad. The idea, I guess, was for them to reconcile, and it was believed that they did. It it was believed, I think, with Patty, the psychic's help, they kind of had a conversation and reconciled and came to terms, Mm -hmm. and it felt as if maybe Katrine would be okay moving forward, that Peggy had helped her, they now were amicable, and I wish that I could tell you that the hauntings associated with Peggy the doll had come to an end. And I wish that I could tell you the hauntings and tauntings of Peggy towards Katrine had come to an end. But I cannot tell you that because the hauntings continued. Poor Katrine. They all go home. Peggy, Katrine, Jane, Simon, they all go home. Mm -hmm. And Jane had actually like pre-planned before doing this filming with Zach. She had agreed to do a couple of events with other interviewers or other haunted, you know, conventions or places. But shortly after filming, she got word that a man named Keith, who was involved in the production of the show, suffered a stroke on New Year's Eve. Peggy was the last subject that Keith had encountered. Some people theorize that perhaps it was because he had taunted a different doll. I think it was Robert the doll maybe Keith had said something negative about. Mm -hmm. But Peggy was the last doll he encountered. And with the fact that a lot of people had experienced similar paranormal experiences and having heart attacks after encountering Peggy, Jane was feeling kind of trepidatious now at this point she's like this feels too much of a coincidence was it like the exorcist we we have touched on haunted sets and movies multiple times Mm -hmm. but there's one particular movie where everyone on set there were so many deaths and freak accidents and health issues this is reminding me of that i think poltergeist was it poltergeist poltergeist yeah maybe exorcist too but definitely poltergeist okay so that happens then a woman named Olivia Taylor reached out to Jane. Olivia Mm -hmm. was a paranormal investigator kind of in training and she was trying to harness her abilities and she had heard of Peggy. She, I guess, had friends in common with Jane. So she reached out to Jane and was like, hey, I would really like to conduct a lone vigil with Peggy to help me practice paranormal investigating. Jane is a little bit nervous But then she remembers how Katrine and Peggy and everyone in that room, like, had a, they were all fine. 
Mm-hmm. She's just like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to set a lot of boundaries and rules and guidelines for Olivia to make sure that everything's okay. They email back and forth quite a bit. Jane decides to meet Olivia in person to kind of get a feel for her. And then she requests that Olivia get a physical with her doctor, basically making sure that everything is okay, that she isn't sick or that her heart is, isn't weak, similar to Katrine. And then Olivia had two pets, two dogs. And so Jane was like, if you want to do this, it has to be outside of your home. We recommend and request that you book a hotel room and that you don't bring Peggy to your house. So she's setting these guidelines, these boundaries. Yeah, this is so interesting, too, because, again, us being huge fans of Greg and Dana Newkirk, having done an episode way back on the Corona Catskills and then watching the unbinding that just came out. In the unbinding, they go to a hotel to do all of this stuff and to yeah. try to like manipulate and free the object of its, I guess, binding. past. It's binding. Yes. Yeah. So it is, it's like, God, is that why places are haunted? The hotels are haunted? Because everyone doesn't want to do it in their own house? <laughs> is that what you're supposed to do? I mean, there's no rules because like everywhere is haunted. Right. But at least they took one more precaution to ensure that the the dogs didn't experience anything, hopefully. Exactly. So easy enough. Olivia gets a physical and she books a hotel room. Done and done. The morning that Jane and Simon are supposed to bring Peggy to this hotel to meet Olivia is when Hazel, the psychic that works with Simon and Jane, calls Jane. Jane picks up the phone and Hazel's like, I had a really weird nightmare. She says, I had a dream last night. Someone whispered in my ear, Jane, and they said, wait and see what I can do. When Hazel woke up, she could not get Peggy out of her head. She was certain that whatever that dream was, was about Peggy. And so she calls Jane immediately and she's like, what's going on with Peggy? And that is when Jane tells Hazel about how they're about to bring Peggy to a hotel to have this one-on-one paranormal session with Olivia. And Hazel is like, this dream was about that. I am nervous. The spirit attached to Peggy just said, wait and see what I can do. That's not something that I would hear and continue forward. So I think everyone here is more brave or something. (laughs) (laughs) I think Olivia was just so and she had done all of this work, right? Like she had booked the hotel. She had gotten her health check. She had been communicating with Jane for so long. She was like, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to do this. And despite Jane being like, I want to back out, Olivia said, no, like we made all these agreements and I had done all of this. I'm still doing it. So they go, they drop Peggy at the hotel to meet with Olivia. You know, they all like meet each other in the hotel room and Olivia puts a bottle of holy water on the bureau next to Peggy and Jane and Simon say goodbye. And they're like, let us know if you need anything. We're not far. Mm -hmm. And then begins Olivia and Peggy's sleepover. I'm just going to give a disclaimer. They really should have listened to Hazel's dream. Oh, gosh. I don't like hearing that. (laughs) So Olivia and Peggy settled into the room around 8.30 p.m. Olivia began to set up her paranormal equipment and ask Peggy questions. Olivia said the first couple of hours were pretty uneventful. There were just some temperature changes and like a couple of her equipment things would go off. But then at 12.15 a.m., Olivia noticed a shift. 
suddenly her right side of her body became terribly, terribly cold. The EMF reader went off and then her right arm began to tingle and shake, her whole right arm. It was so intense and it would not stop that she ran to the bathroom and literally put her right arm under hot water trying to get it back to a regular temperature. Whoa. I would be like, call an ambulance. (laughs) I'm going to the hospital. As this was happening, she started to get this uncanny feeling of something or someone watching her. She knew that the spirit was no longer inside Peggy. Like it was outside of Peggy the doll and it was in the room and it was watching her and watching every move that she was making. She could not use her right arm anymore. Like she couldn't pick anything up. She couldn't move her right arm until she starts to panic. And she's like, Peggy, why are you doing this to me? Please stop, please stop, please stop. And then the room began to spin. She tries reaching for her phone and then remembers nothing. Uh, Excuse me. The next thing she knows, she is surrounded by paramedics and being taken to the hospital. She did not wake up until 1 p.m. the next day. And that is when she finds out what happened to her. Olivia had had a stroke. She had suffered a severe and sudden lack of oxygen to the brain. And it would have been fatal had she not in that moment when she was collapsing and reaching for her phone, she had called Jane. Oh, also the sudden lack of oxygen. Could it be said that she was being choked? It could have been. Wow. Thank God she was able to actually make the phone call ahead of time and that Jane knew that that meant something was wrong. Yes. So they rushed there. They got her to the hospital and she was okay. I think after the stroke, she actually had to do some PT and like rehab to get movement back into her right arm. She's okay now. And basically Olivia was like, well, I'm never going to interact with Peggy once more. But she said it actually made her interest in the paranormal realm and paranormal investigating way stronger. And she was mm-hmm. like, now I need to know more than anything what the heck is going on and what I need. She's like, I need answers. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because while it is terrifying, it is also proof of the existence of the paranormal and how much more powerful it can be compared to maybe what yeah. we had thought. It could be in the moment. Right. It's full of surprises. Are you ever truly prepared? No. That's the question. Not for Peggy. And the world was not prepared for Peggy either because shortly after this, on April 2nd, 2016, the Deadly Possessions episode with Peggy the Doll aired. And I don't know how to comprehend or even express how many people ended up in the hospital after watching that episode. Of deadly possessions. Jane describes this in her book. She's like, we were flooded with emails, people explaining their own encounters and people claiming that they had been to the hospital. And she was like, I felt like so much of it was like fake, but then people were sending their hospital records to prove that they were in the hospital after watching this episode. Well, I'm certainly not going to watch the episode. Ah, why Why am I tempted, though? I don't know. I've already seen a picture of her and I've been okay. And you're already hearing everything that happens, so you know what's going to happen. Yeah. The real horror, though, Corinne, is that the day after the episode aired, so April 3rd, 2016, Jane is informed that Katrine Reddick was now in the hospital and had a stroke. Oh, I have chills. Katrine 
thought that she could watch the episode. No, Katrine, Katrine, no. And she had a stroke. She just keeps taking risks. It's not good. What's happening to her? Oh my gosh, I feel so horrible for her. Yeah, so she had a heart attack and now she has a stroke after encountering Peggy. And she's in the hospital. Days after another person gets a stroke. Yes. And I don't really know where Katrina is now or what's happened to her since. I'm hopeful she has not looked at Peggy or tried to interact with Peggy again since. Mm -hmm. But I think the psychic Patty who had been at the filming of Deadly Possessions has spent a lot of time with Katrine trying to continue to sever the connection between Katrine and Peggy because clearly it was not disconnected. They did not reconcile. They did not part ways during the filming. After all of these horrific encounters with Peggy, you would think that people would have learned, one, either to not engage with Peggy or two, to treat her kindly. But no, people do not learn. People are foolish. And like I had said earlier, before filming and before the airing of Deadly Possessions, Jane had kind of agreed to a bunch of different things with Peggy. So interviews, some, not sightings, some appearances, that's what I was looking for, with Peggy that she couldn't really get out of. So she was Mm -hmm. like, whatever I can do to wrap these up, in the best way and make sure that like nothing negative happens, I'm going to. So one of these things, she agreed to do an interview with Antoine Duquesne on his French TV show. But I think based on the way that the contract was written, she didn't actually have to bring Peggy. So she didn't. She was like, I'm going solo. I'm not bringing Peggy. I'm mostly going to talk about because Jane and Simon have a whole business talking about and keeping paranormal entities and haunted items in their home. So she was like primarily going to speak about other things, not Peggy. But she gets there. And I have a couple photos that I'm going to show throughout all of this, but she gets on to the couch with Antoine and Antoine surprises Jane by throwing up a massive photo of Peggy on screen. And there's a photo we'll put in right here. And once again, Antoine, similar to Zach, starts to ask all these questions about Peggy. And as he's doing so, he is swarmed by flies. Again? Again. Sabrina, are you not nervous that there were a few flies around you last episode? Is that, are we just breezing past it? I'm not because, well, we can show the the video now. This is the, because this is now the second time that this has happened. When someone is asking about Peggy, They are swarmed by flies inside with no explanation of how they got there. Just like when we were filming part one, here's a slowed down video of a fly swarming my face. Here's why I'm not nervous, Corinne. I know where those flies came from. I live in a very like tree space. I had the door wide open and windows wide open. You had bread rising. I did have bread rising. I had yeast. I know where they came from. And it wasn't like sudden. They were kind of flying around. And then like at that point, they kind of came around me. But no, I'm not worried. If they came to me right now, if I was swarmed by flies at this very moment, I would stop the recording and I'd say, we are not allowed to post this anywhere. (laughs) I would agree with you. A hundred percent. But no flies. Knock on wood. (laughs) There's actually a photo, too, of um, Antoine having the flies swarming him. But Jane is like, this is so weird 
because it's the second time that she's doing a TV show that people are asking questions about Peggy and they are out of nowhere, flooded by flies, swarmed with flies. She does that. That's kind of the only thing that happens. I don't think there's any, many other reports. Then there's one other event that she had previously agreed to, and it's called Spook UK. And she was in this one supposed to and had agreed to bring Peggy to this building. And I think it was also similar to like the Derby Jail. It was a haunted building that they were going to bring Peggy into and people were going to have like 10 minutes with Peggy and be able to interact mm-hmm. with her. They were like, okay, we just need to take every precaution possible. We need to have every attendee sign a disclosure. And it happened on May 14th, 2016. The entire event was live streamed. So people went into a room with Peggy for 10 minutes at a time and it was live streamed. Like you can see this, you can watch it. I think so. Were they alone or like everyone went in for 10 minutes? Oh, no, alone. (gasps) You grace the people. Some were alone, some went in pairs. People reported feeling touched. There were orbs that appeared around in the room. And you can see like, I think there is footage where like you see the orbs. A lot of people reported the energy shifting in the room. But oddly enough, activity in the rest of the building was dead quiet. Well, there's the proof right there. Ultra concentrated. And you know what it reminds me of? What? Well, it also reminds me of, because so this building that they filmed in was notoriously haunted, like one of the most haunted buildings. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of both The Conjuring House and of Waverly Hills. Waverly Hills. Where the spirits, the spirits are go scared. running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you bring in something scarier than what already haunts, those spirits will run for their lives, for their afterlives. Yeah. Jeez. Because everyone reported feeling some dark energy being present. And it was around this time, after everything that had happened, you know, this was kind of the last event that Jane had agreed to before the Deadly Possessions episode had aired. And she was like, I don't want to agree to anything else. Jane and Simon start to wonder if having Peggy in their possession is a smart thing to do. They have two young children. They clearly can't get to the bottom of what is haunting Peggy. They've got mixed reports. They've tried to kind of help her and guide her. They've tried to understand this negative energy. They've tried to clear the negative energy. They can't. They are now like, maybe we need to look for another home for Peggy. Mm, And it just so happens that somebody was looking to adopt a haunted doll at the exact time. Oh. Oh, (laughs) that Jane and Simon are thinking this and having these concerns. They get an email from none other than Zach Bagans. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, does Peggy want a new daddy? No, 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 no. (laughs) After everything was agreed upon, there were like a ton of tabloid, uh, like headlines, articles, headlines. Yes, headlines that said like Peggy gets a new daddy in it. So, (laughs) wow. Oh, wow. Zach, after being swarmed, he's still intrigued enough to be like, yes, come back to me and have a permanent residence with me. Yes. And apparently Zach knew that Jane would be like, you know, a bit 
reserved and concerned. Jane was like, I need to make sure that Peggy is going somewhere safe, that she's not being like aggravated. So again, similar to how she had made all these precautions and boundaries and guidelines with Olivia, which went to the shitter anyway, but Mm -hmm. she had all these like requests, demands. And she basically, one of them was that Jane had to have constant updates and be able to visit Peggy at any time. And Zach was like, I'm going to give Peggy her own room in my museum. And there are a bunch of other conditions that I I think have been kept private between the two of them. I don't know what it is, but basically they made an agreement and Peggy was adopted. Okay. So Jane sent Peggy and some of Peggy's belongings that Jane had like kind of collected over the time with her to Zach. And to this day, Peggy remains at Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is where you and I are going to go visit her in a couple weeks. We're taking like the earliest flight in so we can go see Miss Peg. And then go to Rainforest Cafe. (laughs) That was my request. Yours was was the museum. Mine was Rainforest Cafe. Yes. (sighs) Basically, encounters with Peggy have not ended. Peggy is still out in the world. People still see and experience things when looking at photos of her. I did want to read, and to conclude this episode before you read a listener story, I wanted to read a couple other encounters and witness testimonials that Jane has recorded in her book. And a reminder, if you want to read more, because I mean, I, I feel like I did a pretty good job of covering everything about Peggy, but the book that Jane Harris wrote, it's called Peggy the Doll, A Very Different Haunting by Jane Harris. Highly recommend it. I read it in like a couple hours because it's just so intriguing. So I'm going to read a couple encounters from other people, from other witnesses. And this is one from Tiffany. It's dated December 2nd, 2015. And it says, Peggy, I had another dream. It started off with me floating in front of a screen and then literally being sucked into the photo of Peggy on the screen. I was Mm. frightened. I was being drawn into Peggy. But then the scene changed, and in it, I saw things from a third person's view. There was a lovely woman known by the name Peggy Ann. She was walking with a young lad of maybe 13 or 14, wearing gray wool clothes. He had light-colored hair, blonde perhaps, and he had a hat on his head. The conversation between the two was sad. Peggy was bringing her son to a train station, and he was going to be leaving her for something mandatory. I watched them walk, and then something changed, and Peggy stumbled. Her son noticed and remarked about something, and Peggy said, people think I'm crazy. She sadly looked at her son, who had a lot of animosity towards her for that, and then the sound went black, and I heard a loud set of brakes, the very distinct sound of a train stopping, and a medium-pitched train whistle. It was very vivid. I could almost see every thread of her clothes. I think maybe there was an accident involving the train, Peggy saw something and maybe needs her story to be known from Tiffany. People are getting images and like moments from Peggy's life by looking at her. Right. And that's what is confusing me because there's like, there's these moments where it feels good and it feels misunderstood and it feels sad. And then there are moments that feel absolutely terrifying and taunting. And it's like, are there these two spirits and Peggy is just unfortunately the one that's trapped 
and there's a much darker presence that's responsible for all the bad? Or is this a trick? Mm. Well, okay, that story kind of makes me wonder if, what if Peggy was a psychic in her life? She Interesting. Because the way that like she stumbled and almost like had like a vision of something and looked at her son sadly, Mm -hmm. what if Peggy was a psychic in her life and she was getting all these messages and had this like dark entity following her? When she passed away, she became attached to this doll, but because this darker spirit was attached to her in life, it's also attached to her in the afterlife. In death. Oh, this... I feel like we've mentioned so many spooky movies and cases this episode, but this feels a la Insidious, right? Mm. It's like there's something that's following you in life and then in the astral plane, like just wherever you are, it comes for you. It lingers. Well, another story. This is from a woman named Mila in the UK in 2016. And she said, I went online to see Peggy and suddenly felt a tightening in my chest and a pressure like I couldn't breathe. Then I felt a sharp pain and I noticed I had been scratched. This is what I don't like. I don't like when the paranormal crosses over in the negative way where it's like you do feel a scratch and you see the scratch or you do feel being strangled and you are strangled. I'm fine with like a warm feeling like a warm embrace or Someone putting your clothes away for you after you folded your laundry. Yeah. Like that I'm I'm good for. It's the other stuff that just really freaks me out. But I guess we can't pick and choose, can we? What about being bit? What? That happened to someone? Mm-hmm. This is a story from Laura relating to her sister, Mary. I thought I'd let you know that my sister watched Zach Bagans with Peggy and a bite mark appeared on her arm. I looked at Peggy and I felt fine. But I saw my sister get this mark out of nowhere. It suddenly appeared. I got my Ouija board out and it literally spelt out Peggy's name when I asked who bit her. My board went crazy. It was going around so fast my hands came off the planchette. I have never seen my board behave like this before. Since getting the bite mark, my sister has had the flu. She felt like she had a headache but was fine before seeing Peggy. And then the day after, couldn't even lift her head. (laughs) What the heck? What the heck? I don't understand. There's so many like physical and really dramatic ailments that comes with this doll. I know. This is the last one I will read. And it's Jane writes in her book that of all the reports that she received, this one stands out the most disturbing because it was so eerily similar to what Jane had started to experience when Peggy first came into their home. On December 26, 2016, Jane received the following email. Hi, I have to tell you about what I experienced after watching what I at first thought was just another haunted doll video with your doll, Peggy. I have had paranormal experiences since I was a child. I'm sensitive to things, but I'm not a psychic or a medium. After watching the video, almost straight away, I was aware that the atmosphere in my home had changed. And despite sitting next to a warm radiator, I could feel a cold chill and feel a presence as if someone was standing behind me. The ice machine just gurgled. (laughs) I was like, is your mom standing behind you? The way you looked back. (laughs) I had an uneasy feeling over me for the rest of the evening. And when I went to bed is when truly disturbing things happened. As I lay in bed, I could hear someone moving around my room. 
And when I turned my back, I could feel a cold breeze on my face, and I was terrified. Every time I started to fall asleep, I began having terrible visions of a woman dressed in black with a glowing white face and black eyes. Mm. I remember dreaming, and in the corner of every dream, there she was. I woke during the night screaming, much to the horror of my poor husband. And after this, when I woke, I was aware that there was a very dark presence in my bedroom, standing just next to the door. I couldn't sleep all night. I was having terrible visions that lasted continuously. In the morning, I got dressed and left my house as I could still feel the dread and was looking over my shoulder. I just wanted to get out. I've been out of the house all day now, but still feel very anxious and am dreading tonight. I've been scared of only one apparition before, but this is different. It is standing in the dark and is terrifying me. I saw the video on YouTube top five and had no idea what I was watching or the reputation of the video. And I was just hoping you can give me some reassurance that I'm not crazy. I'm shocked that the video has the power to do this. And I'm hoping you can put my mind at ease. Thank you, Paula. See, this is, it is so interesting that you don't have to physically be with something to be afflicted by its energy looking at a video, looking at a photo, sometimes just thinking about something will conjure all of its energy to you. And that I feel like, you know how certain psychics, they'll be like, oh, we can talk over the phone or I can just, you know, pet psychics too will be like, just show me a picture of your pet. And so many people are like, yeah, how does that work? You know, if you're not actually with them, but it, it clearly works with the spirits themselves to people. So why couldn't it work the other way as well? But Kind of reminds me a little bit of Billy the Idol. Wait, your audio just was so weird. (laughs) Suddenly I'm Catholic again. (laughs) Please, Lord, protect me. My mom has like crosses and so many religious things all over her house. Oh my gosh, I saw a video on TikTok the other day where someone caught on their home security that they have pointed at their living room and like their front door. Mm Mm-hmm someone was home alone and she just like felt something and felt kind of like a presence and a coldness and she got up and she calls her husband and she's like i feel weird or like i think i saw something like you should come home and then she hears behind her like a like a scraping on the wall and she turns around and the cross is upside down and she screams and she runs out of the house on the video because she only saw it now upside down and heard something but on the actual video you can see the cross going (gasps) oh my god and flipping upside down oh i just got chills (sighs) so okay well that's peggy the doll and clearly something dark is attached to peggy peggy we hope you have ease of the rest of your life and that you can be separated from the darkness you're associated with and we'll see you soon and we'll see you soon I'll have my souvenir cup from Rainforest Cafe. I'll be ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What do you have for us? I have a doll-related episode because, or a doll-related story because I felt like that was most appropriate. Okay. I love it. This is from Mariah, I believe is how I pronounce the name. Okay. Hey, girlies. 
backstory. About five years ago, my parents, sister, and I moved into a rental house. When we first went to the house to tour it to see if we liked it, we found a little male doll tied to a little cross in basically the boiler room, which is a concrete room attached to the only bedroom in the basement. I don't like that. I don't know if this has anything to do with the experience in the house or not. (laughs) Well, I certainly think it does. Yeah. Red flag. My mom, my sister, and I believe in the paranormal, but my dad does not. Through the first year of living here, we knew that we had a ghost in this house. There were little knocks here and there, along with other little events. Me and my sister were always trying to communicate, but nothing really big happened. My sister and I share the basement as the bedroom, but not the back bedroom where we found that little doll, because honestly, it freaked us out. So we always kept the bedroom door shut, and we just used it as storage. One night, my little sister decided to share a bed with me. Yes, this is important. In the middle of the night, I woke up. I sat up, and for some reason, something was telling me to look back at that back bedroom. Mm -hmm. When I glanced over, I saw this man. Now, I could tell it was a man because there was a body, arms, legs, but everything was black. Almost like a black shadow, but with a human shape and no distinct features. He was wearing a long black trench coat with a black top hat as well, pacing back and forth. He was mumbling to himself, but I couldn't tell what he was saying. All I could tell was that he was very angry. I blinked a few times, thinking maybe this was a dream or I was experiencing astral projection. After I blinked, he stopped pacing. He looked over at me, and he clearly said, I'm going to kill you. My God! At that moment, I looked over to see if my sister was awake and was seeing this as well. But when I looked over, she was sleeping right beside me. Without looking back over, I turned around, I pulled my sister close to me, and I tried to go back to sleep. The next day, I told my sister about it and asked if she remembered it. She was totally freaked out, said no, she did not experience that. But I, still to this day, do not know what that was or what it wanted, but I'm just glad I'm still alive. I have many more stories about this house. I'd love to share them. Thank you for the podcast, Mariah. What the heck, Mariah? (sighs) I feel like this has to be somehow associated with that little doll. I don't know if it's the doll's fault and that it's attached to the spirit or if there already was this darkness in the house and someone else tried to do some sort of like religious thing in the boiler room to try to protect it, feeling like it was all coming from that spot. But there's something clearly in its dark and it's angry, and it's evil, and it doesn't want anyone else to share the basement with it. I also really want to know the rest of Mariah's experiences in that house because I feel like something like this, getting a whole picture can help us theorize more because we're never going to know. But like, what are the other hauntings? Are they all dark and scary or are there some good ones? Because if it's all dark and scary, like I 100% believe it's all associated to that doll. Like the way that it's tied to a cross and just left there, that is deliberate. Mm. That's true. That's true. It's like the doll needs to be as close as it possibly can to being cleansed or protected or or whatever by that religion. And the people who moved out were like, we are not bringing this with us. We are leaving this here. Yeah, because normally people take their crosses and stuff with them. They take their religious items there were plenty normally of- people take their haunted dolls with them <laughs> <laughs> or they sell them on ebay or they just put them in the trash and wait for the next person to find them it also just makes me wonder 
how many haunted dolls there are out here in the world like Peggy that just don't get notoriety like Peggy. Like this doll that just left in the boiler room, it's not public, you know? This is something that Mm -hmm. we're hearing now, but this is also the beginning of how Peggy started. It was this one woman, JW, for anonymity purposes, who found Jane and Simon and were like, please help me. And then the story took off. I mean, I feel like it's the same reason why when people are like, do you feel like you'll ever run out of ghost stories? And we're like, we probably could never. Like, I don't see how we ever could because so many people are sitting on ghost stories that have yet to be even discovered. And then there's so many stories out there that for research purposes, like we'll never get to everything, even in our own home state. Yeah. You know, like if we had 10 years or 30 years to cover every single haunted thing that's ever happened in like our county, we wouldn't get there. There's so much. Well, also think about how many people are in the world right now. Uh, 8.1 billion. Wow. So then think about how many people have died in the history of existence. I'm sure maybe not every single one of them is a ghost, but that a a good fraction of them has probably left behind some type of haunting. My mind starts to really real when it comes to the idea of reincarnation. And if it's like our entire soul can't be split. And so our entire soul has to go on to the next person, but our population is increasing. It's like, were all those souls already existing or Mm. are we split off or are there just a ton like in the waiting areas or like, how does this happen? Are new ones being produced by something? Are we all just in a simulation here and we're just code? We might all be code because I... Semicolon, semicolon. (laughs) Semicolon, semicolon. I kind of feel like I've recently been interested in this theory that we are all the collective universal soul spirit energy and we kind of like we're all a chip of consciousness yeah universal consciousness and then the reason that you feel so connected to some people in this current life is because their soul was a part of yours in a past life in addition to like maybe them being a part of your past lives but like if your soul does split up that like, Corinne, you and I, our souls were one. That's why we have one brain cell mm. in a previous life. And now we're like splitting up to to tackle the world together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It is just so weird. It's also, we we kept saying when we were in our travels so far on tour that it's so wild how much you can pick up on energy as a human because we get off a plane and we'll have great vibes or something or we'll hug someone and we'll be like there's whoa they're experiencing some sort of paranormal or like someone's vibrating so high or there's a a venue that feels really like weird and uncomfortable or one that feels so warm and at home and we want to move in like it's so wild how immediately you can pick up on something and feel it and that you and i always pick up on the exact same thing so it's not like yeah at least in in this tour we have so it's not yeah. It's not like we're making it up, right? Like we immediately are both like, right. all right, this is great. Or this is negative. I got bad vibes from yeah. here. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Well, I think we are inevitably tapping into our our magical mm-hmm. side of ourselves because of all this travel and all this interaction with people. And I am glad that we're going to see Peggy towards the end because then we won't be bringing the negative spirit to so many people if it True. comes with us. I agree. But if you're in uh, 
what's the last Vegas, place we go to? Denver. Vegas. Oh, Denver. If you're in Denver, you're SOL, baby. And Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> bring all of your bring all of your protection for us. I do like the idea though that as we meet everyone, we're basically being like charged by our listeners, you know, like all the good positive oh. charges. And like maybe that's why we're experiencing so much and we're feeling like we're getting a little bit closer to unlocking or just like tuning into our natural abilities. It's our coven. The coven. Thank you guys for coming and seeing us live if you've already come. If you haven't, we have a ton of shows ahead, but the most important message we can give you right now is to go to our website, twogirlsoneghost.com, to purchase the tickets because word on the street is there's some scammers out there and uh, don't buy from them. Just buy from our website so that you can actually get a ticket that is not ridiculous in price, like a normal ticket. Yeah. Also, if you're coming to the three shows like leading up to Halloween, I think it's Nashville, New Orleans, and Atlanta, we're going to do a costume contest. So come dressed up in your spooky best, and we're going to give out a best costume at each of those shows. I'm so excited for that. Oh, we have a new member on our team. We have a new producer, Jamie. Welcome, Jamie. 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 (laughs) <laughs> what did you get you, yourself Jamie. into, Jamie? Thank you to the rest of our team. Thank you to all of you. Thank you for listening. We love you all. And we will see, see you on the other, other side. side.